So if you open up your outlines this morning, talking about a sense of urgency, I just, as I've been praying and meditating, just in my personal life, and then just thinking about the time we're going to have together this morning, I've been really just feeling like there's such a, a sense of urgency in our nation, in our community, and I just, pastors preaching on Tuesday night about being a, a true believer, one who has an influence, who makes an impact, who ch- changes the world that they live in. And I was thinking there's just such a sense of urgency. I didn't say that we should be in a rush. I didn't say that we should, you know, just go wild or crazy. I said there should be a sense of urgency. It reminds me of the story about these uh, three little frogs that I read about. These three little frogs were hopping along the road, and they were looking for a new place to go hang out. Another frog told them, hey, just down the road a little ways, there's a great meadow, and we will be happy forever after. So the three frogs are hopping down the road, and one frog didn't see that there was a pothole in the road. He jumped in the pothole, and The other two frogs are standing by saying, come on, just jump out of the pothole. So let's go. So he's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Can't get out of the hole. The two other frogs got sick of waiting for him. If you ever get out of the hole, we'll see you in the meadow. The little frog kept jumping, jumping, jumping. Still couldn't get out of the hole until all of a sudden he heard the sound of a big Mack truck coming down the road. He jumped one more time and flew right out of the hole. <laughs> Made his way to the meadow, and they said, what happened? You, you were jumping and jumping and jumping. He said, well, it, I couldn't do it until I heard the sound of the Mack truck, and I knew it was do or die. If I didn't get out of the hole, I was never going to get to the meadow. And sometimes we have to have that urgency in our lives that, you know, a lot of times we come to God and out of desperation, and we're in this moment of pain and anguish, but there should be some kind of urgency in our lives on a daily basis to be hungry and thirst after righteousness, to go after him with all of our heart, not just when it gets to that point where I'm in a pothole and I hear a truck coming. <laughs> so this morning, I, just, I wanted to just read a couple things to you and share some stories and have some fun, but I re- truly believe that God's going to impart something to you and just give you some simple, pract- simple practical things that you can apply in your life every day that will help you uh, to remember that his word is your source, his spirit is your guide, that you, that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And it's going to make a huge difference on where you are and where you're going. And it's too sad to say that most of the time we get caught up in, the, in just the routine. We get comfortable. And sometimes we need to push ourselves, give ourselves a deadline, give ourselves something to shoot for so that we don't settle for mediocrity. We don't settle just for the average. You know, they say that over half of people that graduate with their doctorate degree never actually finish their dissertation. They spent seven years or six or seven or eight, maybe more years in school to get this degree. But once the structure is gone, once the deadlines are gone, once, the, once everything is, is off of them, they don't take the time to finish their dissertation to actually complete the doctorate program. And to me, I was thinking about us. We're, when we're in a certain schooling program, when we're in a certain, we're a certain class, where we're, we have certain things going on, where we're in our job, maybe we got deadlines, we've got things to do, we know there's a conference coming up, whatever it might be, then we're on our A game because we know it has to be done. And it's unnatural or abnormal for us to stay in that mode all the time. And we know the Bible says we have to wait upon the Lord to renew our strength. So I'm not saying you're just, you're just skipping out on that. What I'm saying is, 
is that we need to push ourselves. Paul said, I press towards the mark of the high call in Christ Jesus. Why? Because he knew that he had to keep that sense of urgency if he was going to reach his destiny in the Lord. And each and every one of us have that same challenge in our life on a daily basis. Are we going to settle or are we going to press? Are we going to settle or are we going to press? Are we going to settle or are we going to press? As a church, are we going to settle or are we going to press? As a family, as a, when you're going for promotion, when you're looking at all the different things that God's placed in your heart, are we going to settle or are we going to press? Amen? So the men of Issachar, the Bible says, who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. That's in First Chronicle 12.32. They knew God has always had a people who knew what to do and could understand the times. Let us be a people like that, where we can see what to do. How do we know the signs of the times? Jesus came, he was rebuking people because they couldn't recognize what's going on. He said, you recognize the sky? They must have had better weather people than we do because every time I watch the weather, they're wrong. You know, back in, back in Jesus' day, he said, hey, you guys know how to read the, you know, the signs of the weather, but you can't figure out the signs of the times. I don't know what kind of technology they were using. But we... We have such a great thing in the Holy Spirit, in the Word of God. It helps us recognize what's going on around us. We know what times we're living in. We know the days that are happening around us right now. It's just laid out on TV and everywhere else. It's worldwide. It's, it's global. And we get to see all the things happening. But let us be the people. And they said about the sons of Issachar that they were valiant men of might in their generation. That's my prayer for us that we would just have that, that would be said about us, that we were about, God is raising up a new breed of leader. He's going to shake the complacency that's in America. He's going, he's going to shake the body of Christ and the people that want to do something for God that, are, that, are, that hear his voice. They are the ones that are going to stand out. And I'm excited. I feel like our church is going to be a part of that. And I'm just glad to be a part of it myself. I was, I was thinking this morning, I was telling Eli, I was helping me print the outline. And I said, I said, you know, I'm just a part of this. I'm a part of this wheel. I'm not the rim. I'm not the rubber, but I'm a spoke. And that's how all of us are. We're part of this thing. We're part of the body. We have a part to play. We have a role. So don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you can prove what? That which is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. That's a daily battle. We have to daily see. I mean, it's just like in your face every day. Are you going to believe what they're saying or are you going to believe this? Is it the circumstances or chance or is it going to be based upon his word? Amen? And his will. It's a daily battle. Complacency is the destroyer of courage, vision, and dreams. Clouds of complacency rain down thoughts like, what can I do? It doesn't matter. It's a waste of time. This morning I woke up. I couldn't believe it. There was just fog all over the place. I'm like, where am I at? Am I at the beach or am I... Placerville, Cameron Park, what, what's going on here? It was just like, wow. Hasn't been like that a lot yet this summer, so I was just like, this is amazing. And then it just dawned on me, I'm just like, you know what? That's how a lot of us feel. We wake up and sometimes we feel like we're in this fog. We feel like we can't see too far away. But then what happens? The sun shines. I love that scripture. It's arise, shine, for the glory of the Lord is upon you. This morning, the sun is shining. It's burning the fog off. I feel clear, clarity coming to you, revelation coming to you, answers coming to you. Let the fog be burned off. Stay in the sun, spiritually speaking. If you're a white boy like me, you can't stay in the sun too long. It was said about Alexander Dowie. He was, he was one of the, the God's generals that Robert Slayton wrote about. He, in the early 1900s, it was said that his church, his church had 
talked to every single person in that city of Chicago that was in that, that lived at that time, everyone, say everyone. Every person in the city had somebody from his church tell them the good news and God's plan of salvation for their life and where their church was. On horseback or whatever they were riding back then, donkey back, I don't know. Every person. He changed his city. He changed his time. He changed what was going on. He had so much opposition, but he, he was willing to stand up and fight. They tried to shut down his magazine. They tried to shut down all this stuff. He went, he went back to the postmaster general and fought it, and by the time he came back, that other guy had already lost his job. He's the reason, he's the reason that we can lay hands on the sick today and they, and they can recover according to the word of God. He got arrested over 100 times for practicing medicine without a license. But he said no, and he broke that thing. And that's why preachers today, and you and I can lay your hands on your friend or anybody else who's in need and need to receive the healing power of God is because of what that man did. He didn't, he didn't give up. He met with the American lawyers and he said, you guys, are, you guys aren't smart enough. So he went to himself, got his law degree, got everything set up, and went and fought it himself and won. That's because he had the tenacity. He had a sense of urgency that he had a part to play in his generation. And I'm telling you, there's not one person in the sound of my voice that doesn't have a purpose to play, have a part to do in something that's going to make it a, a, a definite impact on your generation. I'm trying to contain myself a little bit longer. <laughs> Amen. But seek ye first the what? The kingdom. We live in a kingdom. We have to understand this is something that's just been on my heart lately. And I think this is where I get blown sometimes and I get confused. And I think it, it probably confuses some of you. We live in a democracy. But our true home and our true nature and everything that we're doing as a, as a believer in Jesus Christ, as a born-again person, we are part of a kingdom. It doesn't work like a democracy. And when you or I try to apply democracy mindset to the kingdom of God, it doesn't work. And we get frustrated because we don't really understand why this is, certain things are happening the way that they do. But the kingdom is, is written. The, word, the Bible says all this is going to pass away, but my word is not going to pass away. His kingdom is going to be everlasting. And when we understand that we are in a kingdom and we take the time to dig into the word of God and figure out how the kingdom works, you're going to see results in your relationship with God that you've never seen before. But we have to be willing to renew our mind and say, you know what? This is not a democracy. There's a way, there's a, there's a way it functions. It's not just if you feel it. You know, so many times I'll be, I'm feeling good. That's great. But does that mean that I'm acting according to the word of God? I think you should feel good. It's part, you should have the joy of the Lord, the peace of God, the fruit of the spirit in your life. But it's not all based on a feeling. It's based on his word. It's based on his promises. And when we realize that the kingdom operates in a certain way, we are going to be able to have greater access to all the things that God has promised and all the things he's laid out for us to have. Amen? So we want to let him have all of our worries and cares. But that's one of those things we like to hang on to it. We want to have something to worry about almost. Maybe not you. I'll just play me. Sometimes you think, you don't want to worry about anything, but next thing you know, you're thinking about it over and over and over. I know I'm not talking to anybody in here. Please just go ahead and record this part for me, please. 
I hear myself say it again. Let him have all your worries and cares, for he's always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. Be careful. Watch out for attacks from Satan, your great enemy, who prowls around like a hungry, roaring lion, roaring, roaring lion, <laughs> looking for some victim he can tear apart. That's in the Living Bible. 1 Peter 5, 7, and 8. Don't be moved. The Bible says, don't think it's strange when you start going through difficulties and challenges. Don't be moved. He said, don't think it's strange when the fiery trials. Why? Because all this is going to help you get stronger. That's my translation. It's going to help you grow stronger and stronger and stronger. And when we're in the middle of a trial, when we're in the middle of a test, I know many of you want to testify about this, but guess what? You don't feel stronger in the middle of it, right? You're feeling like this is, this is going to take me out. I got to get through this. But God will bring you through it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Some of these simple, basic Bible truths, the BBTs, I like to call them, basic Bible truths. You better have your BBTs on. I didn't say BBDs. I said BBTs. You better have your basic Bible truths and understand them so that you can, you can stand on them. The basic Bible truths are what's going to keep you in the simplicity of the truth of God's word. When we get caught off, and, and just pastors have been really exposed in a lot of this crazy teaching of these, of these different denominations and churches and even people that call themselves charismatic. Sometimes people say, well, what denomination are you? And I, and I say, well, I, I don't really feel like I'm any denomination. I just believe the Bible. And I believe the word of God. I'm standing on his truth. And sometimes you'll say, well, then I'm non-denominational. But guess what? Non-denomination's even a denomination. They try to stick you in something somewhere. If they, if they can't find something, then you, well, you're non-denominational. Oh, that's one too. See, we got you. I was like, what? No, I, I, I just want to believe his word. I want to live for the truth. I want to be an impact. Amen? You don't have to be forced into the mold. That's why we're transformed. So we're not conformed to the world. It's the religious people that Jesus came and rebuked and cussed out. Maybe not cussed, because he didn't cuss, but, but he got mad, right? He said, be, be angry, but don't sin. That's tricky right there. I haven't, I haven't, got to, I haven't been able to master that one yet. Because when I'm angry, I usually say something that you're like, oh, man, I was so close this time. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> Wisdom and understanding. Faith is now the substance and, and the evidence. I was looking, I was looking, I just happened to be turning through the Bible, looking at different, different things in the book of Job. You can read it later, just write it down in your notes somewhere. Job 28, verses 12 through 28. It was amazing. He asked a simple question, where, where, where is or what is wisdom and understanding? And he goes through this long thing, starting in verse number 12, about the value of gold and rubies and sapphires and crystals and just all these other things and how wisdom and understanding is more valuable than any of those. And then at the very end, it says that wisdom is the fear of the Lord and understanding. Let me read what it says because I, I didn't write it down. Go to Job real quick. Let's look at it. I want to make sure this is important. Job 28. How many of you know I don't like reading the book of Job either? So I don't stop there very often, but it just happened to be open, so... I felt prompted of the Lord. Here it is. So he goes through this whole thing. So he says, but where can wisdom be found? In verse number 12, Job chapter 28. 
And where is the place of understanding? Goes through all this. Value, all these other things. The most precious things that you and I know on the face of the earth. He goes through all that and is, is none of those. It says, and then it says, verse number 28, says, and to man he said, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And depart from evil is understanding. Amen? That's wisdom and understanding. Having that reverential understanding of who God is. He's the king of the kingdom. We bow before him. We bow before his throne. He will exalt you. He will lift you up. Amen? So faith is now the substance. I wrote this little thing down. How many of you were ever in the military in here or you're in the military now? Let's see. Mm, okay. In the military, they use a lot of acronyms, right? Because they know that you can't remember everything. So they come up with things like this. SMEAC. Okay? If you have, if you have, if you have a pen or pencil, write this down, Okay? I think about this because this is how, this is one of those practical things that you can use in your life every day with the word of God and you bring it right back to it. S stands for situation. M stands for mission. E stands for execution. A stands for, am I going too fast? I know I was, I'm just kidding. I'll slow down, I'll say it again. A stands for, I'll say it one more time, don't worry. Administration and logistics. Oh, that's a pretty fancy word right there. And C is command and signal. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit, he administers, right? He's our administration and logistics. He's, he, he's, the, he's the one who's administering as he wills. The command, we have the Lord of hosts. The Lord, he's the captain of the army. He's the one in charge. So situation in your lives, first one, S was situation, M was mission, E was execution, A was administration and logistics, and I know I'm just going, you guys have to get the tape, CD, Blu-ray, DVD, whatever we got, and C is command and signal. But basically, it's just a process of evaluation. When you're facing a certain situation, when you're facing something, it's a great way to just break it down real quick, look at the Word of God, and get His direction so that you can make your move. Complacency is the what destroys us and kills us, and a lot of times, indecision is the worst decision. We get into a place where we get into some mode and we can't, we can't function. We're paralyzed. But God has set us free. I love the fact that it's 4th of July. I love the fact they're singing the songs about freedom. Why? Because it's so important. It's so valuable that we get caught up in these other things and it, we, we lose that. Now, we never lose it because it's always there for us. But we lose our ability to receive it from him who has laid it up for us. It was so powerful. I was thinking about this. Condemnation. Listen to this. Listen to this. I believe that condemnation and guilt and shame keeps more Christians from the promises God has for their life than any other thing. Listen to this. Legal, this is the legal definition of condemnation. This blew my mind. One of them is blame, punishment, or seizure. It's the process of acquiring private property for public use. And you know what the Spirit of God revealed to me as I was reading that? We've all been bought with a price. That's right. But what happens is, is when we allow guilt and condemnation to come in our life, the devil's able to come in and take and use for his own private use. That's right. 
and steal. Like the Bible says in John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. I was just sitting there, and it just hit me. I was just like, what a thief. Came in. It's, it's, the, it's the legal process. Think about this. You're in a kingdom. The legal process of how the enemy can take control and we're just giving it to him is when we allow guilt and condemnation to come into our life because of mistakes we made, because of things we've done, because of whatever, then we lose our freedom. We lose the peace, the joy. We lose the things that God has for us. And when you're in that state, you can't receive anything from God because you will become unable to go to the throne room of grace because you'll feel that you're not worthy. And in yourself, we're not, but we're through Christ. Amen. I'm telling you, this is so powerful. The process of acquiring. You have been bought with a price. Amen. Jesus paid the price for us to have this freedom. And that freedom is guiltless. It's no condemnation. When you don't have condemnation, you can walk in the Spirit so that you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. When you don't have condemnation, then you can go tell somebody about the good news of God. When you're feeling condemned and shame, guilt, how many people would go tell someone about the good news of Jesus when you're in that state? You know, sometimes God will just set you up to make a difference in someone else's life, and it'll actually happen when you're going through something that you're not enjoying at the moment. Just the other day, I'm, I'm just so mad because this car I have, I mean, it's been a great car. I'm thankful to God. But this thing leaks oil, and I'm just, like, sick of putting more oil into it, right? So I'm just like, friend, there I go again, going to O'Reilly Auto Parts, go get some oil. I think it takes as much oil as it does gas. <laughs> and next to I'm, I'm, I just pop the thing up. There's no shame in my game. I pop the hood right in front of the store. Here we go. <laughs> Filling it up. All of a sudden, this guy pulls up next to me. And he's, uh, I wasn't even paying attention. And I'm just mad because I'm putting more oil in this car. And this guy pulls up next to me. He goes, oh, your, your car leaks too, huh? And I said, like a, like a sieve. I said, it just leaks. And he, I started laughing. And he goes, yeah. Well, next thing I know, this guy is just sharing with me how he's been just addicted to dope. I mean, just out of the blue. I mean, it was a divine appointment. God just set this guy, and here I am thinking I'm just mad because I've got to go get more oil. You see, in our life, sometimes in our times when we feel like things aren't going right, God will set you up to do something for somebody else. And next thing you know, I'm just like, I'm so mad. I'm just like, that devil's a liar. I just turned my, I shifted my focus. I'm feeling sorry for myself and thinking about how I'm mad about doing this oil. I shifted my folks and I said, man, the devil's a liar. He goes, what? I said, you, I said, God can set you free from this thing from the inside out. He's like, well, I've been trying for three years and every time I get a little extra money in my pocket, I just want to go do it. I said, remember this, God's always going to make a way of escape. God can set you free right now. I end up praying with him in the parking lot, praying over him, just going for it. And he told me, he's like, you know, I might be going to jail today. Maybe yes, maybe no. I said, no matter what, no matter where, you are. God's with you. He will give you the strength. He's already set you free from this thing. It's from the inside out. And boom. But here I was. I, I could have missed. I could have missed a divine appointment for God to touch somebody's life because I was so worried about what I was doing. Most of the time when God needs you to do something, it's going to be inconvenient. Oh, did I say that? I was, reading this, I was reading this thing. It was about statistics, church statistics. This is crazy. Two out of three people right now that call themselves Christians in the United States say that they're open-minded, and they're willing, they're willing to check out anything and everything as long as it doesn't, watch this, as long as it doesn't require pain, 
conflict, or sacrifice. <laughs> Two out of three people, they're into it. Whatever it is. They might be making this stuff up, but they, they're into it. As long as it doesn't require pain, conflict, or sacrifice. I was like, wow, that, that's not the Bible. It requires all these things. I know we don't want to hear that. I didn't want to hear it either when I was telling God I was uncomfortable and unhappy, and he basically told me he's not too worried about my comfort. He's worried about my character. He's worried about my future. He's worried about my, my courage. He's worried about what I'm going to do in my life. He's not too worried about your comfort. Don't run out the door. Lock that thing. Just... We don't like to hear, but it's the truth. It's the truth. He doesn't, we, we want to be comfortable. We want to be cozy. That's why we don't have the sense of urgency, because we get into something, and we, we're okay with that. See, they are running out the door. Sorry, I didn't really, I really didn't mean it like that, man. No pain, no conflict, no sacrifice. Come back. I'm just kidding. There's going to be plenty of it. <laughs> You've got to be able to laugh about it, though. You know what? It's one of those things that is hard, and I think... Sometimes you get to extend, extend the period of discomfort until you can be happy, until you can have the joy of the Lord, until you can be thankful and say, God, I thank you for all things. Even this leaky oil car. I'm just saying, whatever it is for you, sometimes you have to get to that point where you're going to be thankful to God no matter what you're going through. Turn it loose. And then watch his hand. His word is true. Everything else is just a lie. It will, condemnation will keep you from the throne of grace, which is your source of power and provision. Condemnation will keep you from receiving the benefits that he has for you. The answer, we have been given authority over what? All the power of the enemy. He's given us authority over all these things. But when we carry that guilt or condemnation, we do not have the freedom that they're singing about, that you and I are singing about. And that is such a powerful force when you realize the devil it says in Revelations, he's the accuser of the brethren. They overcame him by what? The blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. They had to have something that was better, that was bigger. The blood of the lamb. You've been bought with a price. You don't have to be under that. And I feel like that's where the devil, he just gets in and it's, and it's like you feel like you can't do it right. You feel like you can't quite make that shift. It's condemnation. Had to be able to release it, forget about it, move on. It's, and I'm not saying it's easy. And you got to watch it every day because it's sneaky. It's a sneaky little thing. And when you feel, you feel that, you just go to the throne. We ask, seek, and knock. Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Go to the throne, Hebrews 4, 6. Romans 8, verse number 1. Go, let's, read, let's go over to Romans real quick. This is, this is just something that I have been meditating on. I hope it's helping some of you. It's just... It's one of those things where if we can realize that we don't have to have condemnation, we, we can receive the grace of God to live the, the, the life that he designed for us to have. And that's walking in the spirit, not the flesh. The Bible says we've been delivered from darkness and translated into the kingdom of light. We don't have to stay there. We're going to Romans, right? Okay. Romans 8, there is no condemnation to who? To those who are in Christ Jesus, who did not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me what? 
free. I can't even hear you guys. Are you in here? The law has made me what? Free. I had to do the other. Free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God did. Who did it? Can we do it in our own strength? No. No, we have to put on. Put on Christ. We had to put on the mind of Christ. We had to grab a hold of the things that he's laid up for us. Because otherwise, we're going to walk around half or a quarter of what he's called us to be. And we're going to walk around without having the victory. God wants us to walk in everything that he's designed us for a half. God did this by sending his own son, the likeness of sinful flesh, on the account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. When we're walking in the flesh, it's easy to get into condemnation. That's exactly how the recipe works. The righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I like that. That's where the the root word carne, you know where that comes from, right? Carne asada, that's right, meat, meat. So this is the, the old Latin, Greek, uh, Hebrew translation for being a meathead. You're a meathead. Carnally minded, meathead, meatheadedness. I know nobody's in here that, that thinks like that, but it happens every once in a while. Because the carnal mind is what? At enmity against God is not subject to the law of God, nor can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. We can't please him if we're in the flesh. So we want to ask, we want to seek, and we want to knock. We want to go to the throne, the throne of grace every day. I pray there just be such a hunger and a thirst and a passion for the living water that you can't go anywhere without getting it, without tapping into that well. I love to watch these guys that go out. They do, they're like Pat's son, Fred. I mean, he's amazing. He goes out and he can find the water where it's at on the property. They're getting ready to dig these wells. And you're just like, you know, they just, they just know. Next thing you know, you're getting, I think we were getting like 60 gallons a minute, something crazy. And other people were only getting, you know, whatever. They know how to tap into the, the source. You and I, we have access to the source. We can tap in to the rivers of living water through the Holy Spirit. Why are we praying the Holy Spirit? Why are we do this? Because we're tapping in. We're tapping into the living water. When you tap into that, it's so refreshing. It's something that's going to give you the energy. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Romans 8.31, if God be for us, what? Who can be against us? We are more than conquerors. You guys, I'm so excited today because I feel like there's just going to be a breakthrough. Right here in the next few minutes, I just feel like some of you have been carrying this guilt, this condemnation, this shame for whatever it is. It's time to let it go. It's time to let it go. You know what? I, I just feel like there's so many of us have been facing so many different challenges over these last few years. And maybe, it's, maybe, maybe you haven't faced any challenges. Some of you just dropped your dream, dropped your vision, put it on the back burner. So you know what? Maybe that's for a different, different, different day, different time. I'm here to tell you, faith is now. Faith is right now, and the time is now. There's a sense of urgency. As I was driving home, I was, I was doing, working up in Garden Valley one day. I don't usually work there, but... I was just happened to be working up there, and, and I might have told some of you this story, but I was coming home, and the sun was getting ready to go down. It was about probably 5 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm just trying to hurry home so I can eat some dinner, because I was hungry. 
and I get stuck behind this guy with the dump trailer, and two of the tires are flat. And he's going like this on the road, so I can't even pass him. And I'm just like, well, this guy is on crack. <laughs> and I really believed that he was. Especially after I pulled up next to him at a stop sign. I said, hey, your tires are flat. You know, he's like, well, where am I going to get some air around here? I said, right down, you take a left on this black mine road, and you're going to see gas station on the right-hand side. There's air there. Thanks. <laughs> Takes off in front of me. <laughs> Trailer whipping back and forth across the whole highway. I'm like, this, is, this guy is on crack. <laughs> Finally, he gets down to the gas station, pulls out of my way. I pull up to the next, the next stop sign. A black car pulls out in front of me. I'm just like, I'm not getting home. You know, when you want to get somewhere, it seems like you run into every red light, driving Miss Daisies in front of you. I know none of you ever get road rage, but just, you're just like, really? Lord, I'm like, Lord, come on. Next thing you know, this, this black car, I, I, I was following. Next thing you know, this car, I mean, it seems like the person at the wheel just had a seizure. Something happened. Next thing you know, this black car is going 50 miles an hour down Marshall Grade and weaving back off each side of the double yellow line, goes off the road in front of me, hits the berm on the right-hand side, goes up a couple feet, comes back across. I mean, if any car was coming the other way at this time, any time, it would just be head-on collision. Into the ditch on the left-hand side, pops out of the ditch, and I'm just praying God, send your angels right now. I mean, I got out of my moodiness real quick. I was just like, God, this is serious. I watch him. He goes back across the road, swerving back and forth. I'm just like, please hit the bank, you know, something. He goes flying off the hill at 50 miles an hour on one of these super sharp turns. And this is where Smeat came in. I said, this is a bad situation. I'm by myself. There's no cars around. There's no, I'm just like, there's a fire station back there. I'm just like, what do I do? I just prayed. I said, God, send your angels to this guy. And I just felt like God gave me a plan. I waited right there. Not even a minute later, someone's driving up in a van. And I flagged her down. I said, go to the fire station. Tell them someone just jumped off this cliff. I'm leaving my car right here on the side of the road so you guys know where I go down. I'm literally crawling down this hill downhill it's so thick that i'm literally having to like push with everything i've got to get downhill that's how thick the brush was and i'm talking about an entire car here and i can't even see it i felt like i was looking for a basketball i'm like 10 minutes into this thing still no fire truck still no nothing i can't see this car and i'm like all the way down the hill and i'm just like God, you are going to have to help me. I mean, I'm looking for a car. I, and it was, so, it was so surreal. The moment, I was just like, I'm looking for a car, and I can't see it. Like, it was just crazy. So all of a sudden, I, just, I, just, I look over to the left, and right next to this huge pine tree, here's this car upside down. One of the rims ripped off. One of the tires ripped off. And I was just praying, and the Holy Spirit, I'm like, God, I don't know what's going to happen. Here I am by myself. I walk, I walk over to this car. 
and there's this guy sitting outside his car, the airbags blown, windows blown out, everything out, sitting outside the car, leaning up against his car. It was coherent. I mean, he wasn't really doing though so hot, but I mean, he was awake. I mean, he had consciousness. I'm just like, I'm like, come on. I, w- I didn't really want to move him, but I didn't want him to sit in the car because I could smell gasoline all the time. I'm like, this thing is like a movie. This thing is going to be, I'm just like, I, my mind's going crazy, you know. I'm trying to stay calm, and I'm just like, what am I going to do? I'm ripping my shirt off like Rambo, and I tie a dot around his head because blood's, blood's coming in his forehead. I had a T-shirt on, so I wasn't like topless or anything. But so <laughs> I tie, tie, my sh- tie a shirt around his head. I'm like, feeling like I'm like super medic, right? I'm like, I've only been through first aid and CPR, so I'm not really certified for much. But I tie the thing around, I pull him over to the side, and I'm talking to this guy. I'm just like, God has his hand on you. I'm just preaching to him. I'm like, God spared your life. I'm like, you know Jesus? I'm like, you better get to know him if you don't. And he's just like, yeah. I was like, but he was just, I mean, he was pretty gone because, I mean, if, I don't even know. He must have jumped 70 feet in the air, flipping down this hill. It almost made it. There's another road on the bottom. And there's a marsh grade and there's another road called Prospector on the bottom. We were only like 15 feet from him getting to the lower road. And the next thing you know, the, the, the police and the, the firemen, everybody showed up. And then the, one, one of the fun parts about it was is that the, the CHP is like, I want you to show me exactly where he went off the cliff. I'm like, all right. I got the speed so fast in front of the CHP and I didn't even get a ticket. That was pretty cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool, huh? That's pretty rare that they let you do that. I was like, I'm like, this is like a free pass. So I went up, showed her. I called later on to Marshall Hospital. The guy was doing well, I guess, and everything. So praise God. But sometimes your inconvenience is somebody else's miracle. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes your inconvenience is somebody else's miracle. If I can get the band to come back for just a moment, I want to say some prayers, and I just feel like God's going to do a couple things. Hallelujah. 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 The rest of it's homework. You have a deadline. Sense of urgency. Press into God. Press into everything that he has for you. Your inconvenience is somebody else's miracle. Down at the bottom, I don't have time to read it all, but it says, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Isaiah 1.19. Father, this morning as we just worship you for a few more moments, Lord God, have your way in this place. I just sense that God's going to do a couple things here this morning in some hearts, and some bodies, some healing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just be, just be at rest for just a moment. Condemnation, you have to go right now in Jesus' name. If you're carrying any of those things, drop it right now because you can't take it with you. We're going to the throne. We have access. We're getting out of this place and going to where he is so that we can come back and deliver the good news. I'm so excited. I just feel like our church is going through a shift and pastors is pressing himself and to, to do something different, to, to reach a different level in his walk with God. Is, I just think it's awesome because we have to challenge ourselves not to be the same, not to go through the motions, not to do things the same way. And our church wants to reach the lost like never before. And so 
as you go out, go out with freedom. You can celebrate Independence Day every day in your home with God. Independence Day. Independent. You're independent from the world. You're independent from, you're independent from rejection. Go ahead. You're independent from all these things that the world tries to shove you into and push you into this mold. It's not God. We have relationship. You have family, you have friends, you have people that need the good news. I'm so thankful for everyone here. I just, I love, my passion is just to motivate and inspire and see you just do everything that God's called you to do. Not hold back, not let up. It's the hardest thing. The Bible says, one of those, Galatians 6, 9 says, don't grow weary in well-doing. Why? Because in due season, in due time, you're going to reap the harvest. You say, well, it's taking a lot longer than it should. God's not in a hurry. Remember what I said about comfort? He wants to develop you. And sometimes it's painful. When you go to the gym and you work out, you don't, your muscles don't feel, you're not all happy about that. You're sore. You're hurting. You can barely walk. You work out your legs real hard. You have a hard time walking up and down the stairs. You're like, whoa, I'm about to fall over. But they're getting stronger, right? Allow God to mold you and shape you.